0: Hi, this is Tom Compton. You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media, and we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In this edition of WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about our recent vigil that we had at a church. It was a a Kufi event, Christian Geniah for Israel. It was a very small church in, uh, I guess you would call it a suburb of Phoenix's outlying little city as the city has grown here. But the interesting thing, there were three of us at the, the vigil. Travis Steele is on with us and another gentleman came who actually found us on Facebook. And so with three we had the largest percentage of uh, people at a vigil, of any vigil that we've done in the 100 and so we've done throughout the last 12 years. And how could that be? Well, the interesting thing, there was only about 25 or less people at this event. So it was very much uh, a non-event. And we talked about this in our last podcast, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. decried the war in Vietnam, Christian Zionists pray for war. And as we mentioned, this was a predominantly black church with a black pastor. And what was interesting, and we talked about that in this previous podcast, was the fact that they had an event honoring Dr. Martin Luther King. And as we mentioned before, he was very opposed to the war in Vietnam a quote that he said, which is, I think, pertinent because we are an anti-war group. We're pro-peace, pro-life. But what he said back in 1967, the greatest purveyor of violence in the world today is the United States government. And that's true today. We're creating these wars. And so we thought we had a chance of maybe... Getting these canceled with what Dr. King represented as a peacemaker, compared to what Christian Zionists who actually pray for war. We've talked about this in the past, but they decided to go ahead with the event. And as I said, it was really pretty much a, a bust. But uh, I'd like to play the. I had a little dialogue with the with the pastor as he came in he was coming out of his car and so this is just about four minutes you'll hear the dialogue and then there's a slight pause and he comes back and brings us some water to show his christian love for us even though we're standing out there conducting a vigil holding our signs choose life not war blessed are the peacemakers who would jesus bomb innocent blood on our hands gaza and no more wars for israel so let me just play this little clip right here are you pastor david i am pastor david i am tom compton with we hold these truths how are you doing tom i'm great we're here with with our vigil and i wanted to uh Give you just a couple pieces of literature. I assume you got my emails. Uh, I did. Okay. Well, so my wife told me she spoke with you, and we were going to proceed with our. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm fine. I'm not. I mentioned this video. Okay. Martin Luther King in Palestine. It's powerful. Okay. If you would be so kind as to watch this, okay. It may change your perspective, and this is why we're here. I just wanted to ask one question. You know, Jesus told us blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God and so my question to you pastor David is should we pray for peace or should we pray for war the answer lies within the word of God and, yep. the, and we know that who Israel is to God the whole Old Testament is about Israel right yes and so we know who Israel is to God and we should pray that Israel receives what's what they're supposed to have. And anybody that's standing in the way of that, then we need to pray that Israel they're moved out of the way so that Israel But isn't a spiritual kingdom now that we have Jesus? Isn't Jesus the manifestation of of the old testament? I mean he's the reason. If we don't have Jesus then what do we have? Well we, we we need to have Jesus, but Jesus has a father that he often referred to in the New Testament. Yeah. Right? And so when Jesus comes back, first of all we need to acknowledge who Jesus was. What was he? He was the Son of God. But what was his nationality? He was a Israelite, a, he a Hebrew. He no, he was not. He was not a Jew. He was Jewish. There was oh. Jews he was didn't. It was a Nazarene. Yeah.
1: You
0: okay. All right. Thanks so much, Pastor. It's, it's, all right. And if you ever want to get in touch with me and and. Talk it over. I'd be glad to, to uh, dialogue with you. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Well, thank you, Pastor David. You're welcome. Well, All you're right, doing but, but we actually I'll wish you to send it. this to the Palestinians. They needed it. Over two thousand, really, really over two thousand Gazans were killed. Thirteen Israelis were killed. The loss of one Israeli is just as bad. But does God see a difference between an Israeli Jew? And a Palestinian? You have to ask him. Coward? What do you say? You'll have to ask him. Does oh. God see a difference between a Palestinian and a Jew? Oh, okay. Yeah. You'll have to ask him. What yeah, kind of answer is, is that? He actually kind of tipped the hat that we see with Christian Zionists. They focus on Israel. Jesus gets a back seat here.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's quite amazing to me i i really marvel at these guys that are so dogmatic their religion here of saying that israel is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy and that's in essence what he's saying here because we have to defer to israel is amazing any comments
2: I, i have a question tom is this an indication this church this little church that you went to that had only 25 people in attendance Obviously, it was bigger than that, and they couldn't stay in business. But is this an indication that Christians United for Israel is focusing on little ethnic churches rather than going to big, let's say, white-angle Protestant churches that, that we've found them at all during our time uh, when we've been holding these vigils? Is this a black church that is an ethnic church that they an- intentionally went there because of they're trying to do something with ethnic Groups
0: Yes, it appears to be they Koopy now has actually a diversity director. His name is Dumasani, Washington. He's from Stockton, California. He's a pastor, musician, a number of things and he and he heads up an organization called Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. And so yes, there is a concerted effort. Going after these minority groups and to what purpose, I'm not sure. As we have discussed in previous podcasts, Pew polls have said that black Protestant Christians are much more favorable to the Palestinians than the white evangelical Christians. That runs about 82% according to Pew poll where the believe that God gave the land to Israel, according to 82% of white evangelical Christians. So, yes, to answer your question, I'm not sure exactly why. They must see some value, but it can't be much return at a small church because there were at least half a dozen children there. So we would guess there were less than 20 adults at the event.
2: Is it possible, Tom, that... Kufi is losing its punch, and that, uh, well, that people are not coming out to listen to this radical stuff. That they, where, where they basically said that this this pastor, I presume he was a black pastor, and he recited the Kufi line. He basically said, "For the Palestinians, it's God's way or the highway. If they don't get out of the way. Then if they get killed, that's their problem." That's in essence what he said to you.
1: that's exactly how so I interpret it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're losing their punch. I think they're just going to as many areas as they possibly can. Because I just realized we missed John Hagee yesterday in Southern California. He spoke down there into in a major church, and also Mark Blitz is going to be speaking in Stockton at the end of May to a, a huge Assembly of God church there. So they definitely haven't given up on the, the mega churches. But I think they're just adding more of the ethnic churches to their to their mix.
2: Yes and noting the fact that uh, these people tend to be sympathetic toward the Palestinians for whatever reason. But that seems to be something everybody knows. So they're concentrating on the people who are sympathetic toward the Palestinians.
0: Well, yes, Yes. exact. This organization that this Dumasani Washington heads, there's an article here in the Times of Israel, and it's from March 6, 2014. Seven reasons why the Palestinian crisis and the black struggle for freedom are absolutely nothing alike. So he goes through, enumerates through this. This first one talks about the United Nations Relief Works Agency that was set up for the Palestinians in 1950, and he refers to them as 720,000 Palestinian refugees. Well, they were forced from their homes. Well-documented that Jewish terrorists of the Stern Gang and the Irgun committed atrocities over 400 Palestinian villages were destroyed, and the people became refugees because they feared for their lives and didn't want to come back. So they're mixing a little bit of truth in yeah. with outright lies to sell this, and that's why I gave this video, El Helm, which means the dream Martin Luther King in Palestine, which is about a black choir we talked about that goes and performs with a palestinian theater troupe a play by a stanford university professor claiborne carson and it's very powerful and so maybe this gentleman will watch the video now i do know that he has a regular job and he does this as a side he's doing it because he has a passion for it i'm sure he, he doesn't do this to make money, you know, being a pastor, as many churches are big businesses. This was a pretty modest facility. So you know, his heart may be genuine. And again, people are deceived. We've all been deceived. I think the measure of people is the willingness to change our minds on something we've been deceived on. And Americans have been deceived on this issue of Palestine and Israel, because of all the propaganda we get from our media, our government, and the Israeli lobby. So it's a very difficult thing to overcome. And so our reason for being there was to hopefully educate someone. We had a dialogue with one of the congregants, and he actually lived in Israel. And, of course, his uh, thing is... Because I had not visited there physically, he would not accept anything I said. And that is also one of the things that we found is that we get sidetracked, and I'm guilty of it, in that little clip there, we want to argue some of the facts. We need to stick to Jesus. Now, the good pastor there kind of deflected that by his answers there. But that's the only way we can say... They, they have uh, to
2: do that, Tom. And this is a great report that, that you've done. I think you did a really good job of interviewing the pastor.
1: Yeah, it, that was It's good. not yeah. easy,
2: and usually you have trouble finding the words, but it seems to me you had about the right approach there and asked the right questions and wow. got the typical answers.
1: That's <laughs> what I expected, actually. Well, Chuck, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said it's it's the usual goofy line. And that's what I got talking to the board of pastors today. It's like it doesn't matter what Israel does because God's going to judge them just like he did with the Assyrian captivity, just like he did with the Babylonian captivity. And, and then, but see, God judges the Babylonians for what they did to Israel. So we've got to support Israel no matter what they do because even if they're doing wrong, if we're against them and he punishes Israel, then he's going to punish us for being against yeah. Israel. That's the logic flow, and Mm -hmm. I don't know how to defeat that, because they're locked into that mindset, and and nothing I can say, you know, it's like they just don't get it. Well, Um, did
2: Jesus ever say that it's okay to do wrong if you're doing it for a good reason?
1: No, (laughs) but see, Jesus doesn't matter. It's it's God forever promises to the seed of Abraham and forever means forever until the stars fall from the sky and the the, dot, 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 dot. It's an everlasting, unconditional covenant with the people of... Well, that's
2: not what Jesus said when he met the Pharisees.
1: I know exactly. I mean, that may
2: be your answer. I mean, the thing is you can't win those arguments, but you can lay an answer on them and then quote what Jesus said to the Pharisees. Right. Uh, generation of vipers yeah. told you that John said that, to flee
1: from Yeah, the, John, yeah who, yeah. who warned you well, to flee from the wrath to come? Yeah. Craig, I think the one argument that you can use is the Schofield deception that was put in the Schofield Bible. If you've heard Chuck's podcast on that, that was very helpful for me, that they're entreating the nation of Israel to be the seed of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that was an eye-opener for me that that came in through Schofield, Oxford yes. University.
2: The difference between you and them, Glenn, is that you have an open mind and they don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: And that's, that's what I ran into today. It's like, okay, this is the church doctrine. We are a part of that church. This is what we're going to believe. And, you know, if you're going to be part of the music program, this is what you're going to believe too. And if you can't believe that, you can't be a part of the music program.